Welcome. I'm Richard Prosh, and this is another edition of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are occasional bonus downloads where my co-host, Paul Bishop, or I, get to hang out around the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast campfire and spend some time talking with other friends and writers who also love the Western genre. Matthew P. Mayo is the award-winning author of 30-plus books and dozens more short stories. His novel, Stranded, a story of frontier survival, won the prestigious Western Heritage Wrangler Award for Outstanding Western Novel by the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, as well as the Spur Award for Best Western Juvenile Fiction by the Western Writers of America. His novel, Tucker's Reckoning, won the Spur Award for Best Western Novel. His short stories have been Spur Award and Peacemaker Award finalists. We're fortunate to have Matt with us today for a conversation. I'd like to welcome him. Howdy, Matt. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank thank you for inviting me, Rich. So, Matt, tell us about your growing up years. Where did you grow up? What did you read? And did you always want to be a writer? I grew up in northern Vermont on a dairy farm. My folks are, are big readers, and my brother and I picked that up from them. As a kid, I liked a lot of the usual ripping yarn stuff. Uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs was a particular favorite. And uh, my folks, having grown up during the heyday of TV westerns, passed a love of the Hollywood version of the Wild West onto us. And I still really enjoy watching Bonanza, Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, most spaghetti westerns, uh, pretty much any western. I just just love them. Uh, as far as the writing goes, I always monkeyed around with words as a, as a kid, making up stories. I uh, used my mom's old typewriter, manual typewriter, a little, I think it was an atlas, mint green in, in a, uh, a maroon vinyl zippered, case. For some reason, I, I remember that. It was a lot of fun to, to beat on. and uh, But it wasn't really until high school when I discovered poetry that I realized it didn't have to be the stuffy rhyming doggerel they teach that I began what I would call creative writing, really trying to do things with words. It was so fascinating. Even today, poetry is my most abiding writing and reading passion. I just, just love it. Have you published some poetry? I have. Uh, it's been a number of years since I published any poems, but Oh, that was my uh, my first love, uh, and I pursued the writing and publication of poetry almost exclusively for a number of years. Uh, yeah, I have a, have lots of poems floating around out there, and little anthologies and and uh, reviews and chapbooks and things like that that nobody has ever read, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful. I'd I'd like to read some sometime. I know you're, you're very gifted, and I would love to to read them. Yeah, I'd I'd love to collect collect them at some point. Just uh, sort of a vanity project, and uh, uh, because I don't write them for, obviously I don't write them for money, uh, but uh, just for the love of it. And uh, someday, someday. Yeah. So the first Matthew Mayo book I read was a Black Horse Western, Winter's War. I don't know. Was that your first published novel? That was my first published novel. Yeah, I, I have had a few, uh, like everybody, uh, trunk novels. I guess they're called. Um, that still haven't seen the light of day and shouldn't, but uh, they're, they're necessary in, in any writer's formation. You plow through those in order to get to something that other people might want to read. But yeah, that, that Winter's War was my first published novel. I'm assuming it might have a special place for you for that reason. I know that you did write a sequel to that, the, the uh, Winter's Family Ranch. Yeah, the book that came out is a, that came out after that is the same story, but heavily, well, heavily, moderately uh, 
um, edited, but with a new introduction that gave it sort of more of a, uh, oh, an Edgar Rice Burroughs. I was in my great aunt's attic and I found this fascinating uh, memoir type of thing. So I tried to, I tried that on for size. Um, but I, I do have ideas for sequels. Uh, so time will tell, certainly. But uh, that that book was very special to me, certainly, because it was the first published novel. Um, and it had a lot of what I love to read about in stories myself. It has a blizzard, uh, mountains, grim survival situation, uh, cast of characters who are, I would say, equally capable, both men and women. I really like to have strong strong women in novels. I don't like the simpering, the tropes in that line. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's important to me to, to, to do that. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of foreshadows, uh, I think, uh, Stranded, which would come a few years later. In fact, you've penned a stable of fine novels uh, since those days of Winter's War, including uh, five Ralph Compton titles. I'd like to hear more about your trilogy, The Outfit from Five Star, because I think that's a really unique set of books. That Yeah, The Outfit was a a lot of fun. I, I envisioned it to be something that was sort of action heavy. Whether it came out that way or not, I don't know. But that's what I had in mind at first. I remember pitching it as the A-team in the Old West, which is a little bit of the uh, the gadgety uh, edge to it, but yeah, not yeah. over the top that it wouldn't be possible. Although I, I might ha- I might stretch that a bit at times. But uh, yeah, a little bit wild, wild west, but light. I, I love it when a plan comes together, right? Right. Did, yeah. that, did that? Did that? Did it feel like it worked for you? I mean, you wrote three of them. Did they, they came together pretty well? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like the story arc, and I like that things sort of uh, came back around in a certain way. But there, there's a lot left undecided, and things aren't hanging right now the way readers might expect. And I think that's satisfying because who wants to read something with a bow on top all the time? I sometimes satisfying but not often yeah that was a that was a lot of fun uh those books it's the biggest cast of characters i'd ever worked with up to that point in a book and it had a lot of moving parts and pieces and subplots and whatnot yeah i I hope to dive back into that at some point too a lot of ideas in notebooks for what to do with those uh with those characters on down the road you mentioned notebooks when you set out to write a novel whether it's uh, something like the outfit or something maybe a little more structured like the Compton titles. Do you outline? Do you have a series of notes? Or do you just write into the dark, go for broke, see what happens? Well, I've tried to do the uh, seat of the pants, as lots of folks call it. Uh, And I always end up painting myself into corners. And for whatever reason, I abhor going back and redoing things in life. So I try to plan from the outset. I'm not so nebbishy about it that I... I get uh, fixated on it and spin my wheels for six months because I can't figure out what type of comb somebody's going to use. But I, <laughs> I, uh, I do like to um, I do like to know where I'm going. I remember reading a book by one of my favorite authors, uh, Lauren Esselman, and it was a book about writing the popular novel or some something like that. And he said something to the effect that pl- planning and plotting is is vital because if you don't know where you're going, how will you? know when you get there. I'm sure I, <laughs> I butchered that beautiful right, right. Him, but uh, I, I always remembered that and it, it stuck with me and I, and I like it and it works. So I, I pretty much know where things are going, but I, it's, it's a, usually a loose enough outline that there's always ample 
room for surprise. And I'm frequently surprised by what my characters will say or do, which is always fun. Lots yeah. of fun. So then there was the, uh, the book called Stranded, which uh, I, I think was a, a major success. I, I know that you and your wife enjoyed camping, being outside in nature. We talked about Winter's War. I can only assume there was some inspiration from uh, from your own experiences in that. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, that one was that was very interesting. I guess each book we come up with is has its own little interesting history, doesn't it? But um, that one, I based on a true story, uh, but there was just a, a, a slip of information in an old book that I found while I was researching. Uh, we were living in Montana at the time. I was researching a nonfiction book called Cowboys, Mountain Men, and Grizzly Bears. And, uh, but I, and I found this information about this girl who was headed west in 1849 with her father and two brothers and they went off to hunt one day and got lost in the Rockies, never came back. And she had, she waited too long and got trapped by the snow and managed to survive. And I thought, wow. wow. I immediately read, when I read that, I thought, what if she kept a journal? Wouldn't that be yeah. fascinating to read? Yeah. And that's how I, that was the setup. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, it, it, it was so fun to write. Yeah, I think I think it shows. You know, I I can tell, as I'm sure you can, when you read a book, the author the author was really having a good time. It, it comes through, and uh, you know, there are, there are good books, and then there are great books where you can you can really feel that. And I know with Stranded, I felt that. With, with, oh, that's I, nice I felt, to hear. I felt like you were you were really enjoying that. Um, kind of gratifying to actually hear you say that because I, I felt yeah. that way. Um, oh, that, that's great to hear. Yeah, that one was. It it was uh, the acclaim that it earned since has been so gratifying. I had no idea that it would uh, reach or such a touch so many people in so many ways. Uh, readers write to me. I, I've I've talked with library groups and and school kids, uh, all, all age groups really. They seem to really enjoy it. I, I think uh, there's something about I mean, that I mean, story that appeals to the primal the beast in us all. How do we survive? If we were in a situation like that, how would we deal with it? I need to uh, send a shout out to our, our mutual friend, Phil Mills Jr., who, uh, who turned me on to Stranded. I, you know, there are so many books that I would like to read and that I see past my computer screen on Amazon. And uh, we were, I had lunch with Phil a couple of years ago, it was right after Stranded came out, and we were talking about uh, Western Writers of America. And he, he looked at me and he said, you need to read Stranded by Matt Mayo. Uh, and I said, oh, oh, really? And he said, and he, and he got this look on his face. He said, no, you really need to. Read <laughs> and I thought, well, and, you know, I went home and got it that day. I said, okay. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we can thank Phil for that. That's so great. I will. Yeah. Phil, Phil's great. Uh, I think if I'm remembering correctly, we joined WWA Western writers of America at the same time. I think we went to the same, our first conference was, it was, I may be remembering this incorrectly, but I hope not. Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, in, I don't know what year that was, maybe 2008, something like that. And, uh, yeah, I met Phil there and Monty McCord, number of folks, Larry Swayze. I'm going off down a side trail here, but yeah. Yeah, w- yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, Monty's from Nebraska, from my stomping grounds. Yeah, and, uh, right. That's right. Yeah. And we can we can uh, send out our congratulations to Phil today, too, who, uh, for uh, 
assuming the uh, vice presidency of WWE. Yeah, that's right. I just read that in Roundup. That is so um, great. It really is. So you've also, you mentioned uh, this a little bit, but you've also written quite a bit of, uh, of nonfiction as well. Do you see yourself as a, as a nonfiction writer who occasionally writes a novel or a, uh, or a novelist who occasionally writes nonfiction? Um, I think for a while it was a, a sort of a, uh, a dead heat race, but uh, mostly novels. Novels take up my, my time now, but I, I love nonfiction. And I think it's because most of the nonfiction I've done has been narrative in Bent. And so it feels a bit novelistic to me. I think that's a word. And uh, yeah, the nonfiction books, I've, I think I've written about a, a dozen or so. A lot of them are sort of um, compendiums of, of uh, historical tidbits and, and whatnot. But yeah, they still, they, they're quite popular. Whenever I, we travel, I, I'm always gratified to see the spinner racks in some little town in the middle of seemingly nowhere. Although I think the people who live there would, would beg to differ. Uh, and, you know, have some of my books on the rack, nonfiction yeah. book. And yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's cool. So you've got a, a book called Dilly coming out next. I'm not sure on the release date uh, with Firestar, but uh, scheduled to come out fairly soon, right? Yes, uh, Dilly was scheduled to come out, oh, I think maybe yesterday or today or something, sometime this month, June. But uh, um, Five Star let its authors know that books in a, I'm going to say a six-month window from May through, maybe maybe it was uh, June through December, something like that, were getting bumped because of the pandemic um, by six months which makes sense because libraries are largely closed, bookstores, that sort of thing. Uh, it's unfortunate because I was looking forward to, to holding that that first hardcover copy in my hand. It never gets old. It's a fun book. It's based on uh, – I was infatuated by the idea of the sheep wars and the, the just the horrible violence that, that took place during that time. So I, I worked up a character who was an orphan, and he travels uh, west – ends up at a ranch and he ends up uh, uh, making more friends than he than he had in his previous however many years 12 13 and uh, then he finds himself smack dab in the middle of these sheep wars with people wow. he thought he knew until it came down to uh, their propensity for violence toward the Basque sheep herders and and their and their flocks and it sort of uh, evolves and devolves from there in a number of ways. It was an interesting book to work on. That sounds great. It sounds like uh, you've taken sort of the uh, the traditional idea of uh, those uh, wars that we read about, the Lincoln County War and stuff like that, and and but gone deeper. It sounds like you've kind of kind of gone deeper with this uh, this protagonist's point of view, and uh, I look forward to that a lot. Yeah, I, I I hope people like it. I really like it. Yeah, I, I could mail a review copy to you. I still have a few of those if, if you're interested. If you do have a review copy, we would love to get one here at uh, at uh, the podcast. Trying to trying to put the word out about upcoming books. Great. Um, yeah. So that uh, that about I, I see by my time that about takes up our time for today, Matt. So I really appreciate you being with us today. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it, it's it's an honor to have been asked, and uh, I look forward to listening. I've I've listened to a number of your of your podcasts and love them all. I never get tired of listening to other writers and their journeys. And so it's a it's a real treat. I, I love what you do.
Thanks to Matthew Mayo for hanging out with us today and chatting, and thanks to you for listening. Paul and I appreciate your support of our Six Gun Justice podcast and hope you continue to enjoy each and every episode. Be sure to check our website, www.sixgunjustice.com, for links to previous podcast episodes, speed listens, and prior conversations, along with reviews, interviews, and articles from the Western genre. Till next time, keep the sun at your back and a good horse at hand. Let's ride.